Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com That is it. Finally. Finally, we have beaten Liverpool. And I could not care less about the manner of the victory... I couldn't care less about the red cards, any controversial decisions, anything that may have gone against Liverpool. I could not care less. There's, there's literally not a single part of me that could care about anything Gary Neville, Jurgen Klopp, any of the pundits have to say about that. Because Tottenham have, for years, had decision after decision after decision go against us. Absolutely a ridiculous amount. And to finally be the ones that can shit house our way to victory feels glorious, right? Number one, right? Number one, they can never, ever, ever complain about a decision going Tottenham's way after... They got a handball seconds into a Champions League final that was so not a handball that the rules were literally changed as a result of said handball that wasn't. There's the, the, like that, that in itself, the biggest game that Tottenham will ever be in, probably, until we get there again. The fact that they, they, they want to argue, you know, what... Curtis Jones going in recklessly over the top of the ball, studs up. <laughs> like sh- halfway through Basuma's shin. And we- we're debating whether or not that's a red card. For a start, I mean, it can just get in the bin. The fact that Diogo Jota, who in the last game we played Liverpool, kicked Oliver Skip in the face. And nothing, I think he got a yellow card. So not nothing happened, but no red card after kicking Oliver Skip in the face. Gets one this time for two legitimate yellow cards. Down to nine men. They may have defended resolutely. They played very well in that second half. We we were finding it hard to break through. The fact that really what sealed it is an own goal from one of their own. Like we saw in 2019 in the Premier League, that kind of mix-up between Hugo Lloris, Toby Alderweireld, when we were, I think, holding out for a point at Anfield. Nope, not this time. Like the Deli Alley miss on the line. Like Stephen Bergwijn's misses that he's, he's had. Like the time that Hunmin Son had a one-on-one and hit the crossbar. Like the time, let's, let's not forget, like the time that Andy Robertson put in a leg-breaking challenge on Jaffet Tanganga. We're you know we're gonna forget that one as well. Got nothing for that. Game after game after game after game against that lot, and we get nothing from it. The most cursed fixture, because the thing is we've had games against, and I said this in the preview. We've had games against Chelsea. We've had games against Arsenal when we've just been beaten. 
fair and square, where they've been the better team, we've not showed up. We've had games these past few years against Liverpool. Liverpool have been brilliant, and I'm not going to take anything away from them. I'm not going to say that they... I mean, I am going to take something away from them. That's literally what I'm going to do. I am going to take something away from them. Liverpool have been a brilliant side. They were a brilliant side today. But at the same time, there have been so many games against this lot in recent years where it hasn't just been a case that Liverpool have turned up, been the better team and beaten us. There's been plenty of games when it's been us and Liverpool neck and neck and they usually get decisions go their way or they just get some freak occurrence go their way. Be it a Lucas Moura backpack. And some of those some of those occurrences are at our own fault. But again, I don't care. What I care about is that Tottenham are still unbeaten in the Premier League. Tottenham have three points today. They've closed the gap on Manchester City. Tottenham continue where everybody always says Tottenham aren't going to show up. Tottenham aren't going to be able to do anything here. We continue to keep getting results. And there has to come a point sooner or later when people start to take us seriously. And I think that point is arriving in part. Gary Neville, all day long today, was just so on it. Like, against Tottenham, everything we were doing. Now, with the red card in particular, he was so rattled. Considering he's a Manchester United legend, Man United legend, and all he's doing all game long is sticking up for Liverpool. And that's partly because, in some ways, he can handle Liverpool being good because Liverpool were good in the 80s and Liverpool are good under Jurgen Klopp. And, oh, he doesn't like it because they're the rivals, but it's kind of their place in the, in the, in the food chain, if you like. What Gary Neville cannot stand is this idea of Tottenham getting ideas above their station, of Tottenham kind of breaking out of this hierarchy that he believes exists still in the Premier League, despite the fact we've really been a better side than Manchester United for nearly a decade now. I mean, they have still, in that time, they have won a Europa League, they've won a couple of League Cups, I think they've even won an FA Cup, so, you know... But it's also worth bearing in mind that I believe they've spent the most football, the most football, the most money in world football um, for, I think, the past decade. So I don't care. I don't care about Man United. That's not what we're here to talk about today. I am, yes, I was a bit rattled by Gary Neville throughout this game, all throughout it. Like he, he just, he seems to absolutely detest the idea of Tottenham actually being all right that we might actually be able to challenge. And who know, who knows where this ends? Who knows? Because, we, you know, it, it was tough today. Liverpool were down to nine men from the, I want to say there's like 75th minute. Let's have a look. When, when did Jota get his red card? Um, I'm guessing it, I'm guessing it was around the 70th minute. Uh, Annoyingly, Spurs official, please, please change this, Spurs official. They don't put timestamps. They don't put minutes in the game as to when events happen. It's one of the most bizarre quirks. And it's a, it's a total, sorry to be Yadar, sorry to be Gammon, but it's this total style over substance nonsense. Like, report the facts. That's what you're there for as an official account. You're not a person. You're not a person there to do these like goal tweets with all loads of different letters in and stuff. You're not. You're the official Spurs account. Report the facts. 
Tell us when the when the incidents happened. I am mainly triggered because I can't remember exactly when Jota did get his red card. But I think it was around, I think Jota got his red card around the 70th minute or so. So let's go with that. Let's go with that. Um, but I, I really, 69 minutes. There you go. 69 minutes he got it on. Um, so I was right. Tottenham today, yeah, it's been tough. It's been hard. Liverpool had nine men, like I say, from the 69th minute. We found it very hard to break through. We've broken through with an own goal, which, you know, was created after an immense spell of pressure from Spurs, from wave after wave of attack. You know, we weren't letting up. So we did... Sounds ridiculous to say, but we did make the own goal in a sense. But I don't think, I don't think this, I don't look at that and I don't worry about that. I look at that as Liverpool are one of the best teams in the country, probably one of the best teams in Europe again. They look like they're back. Um, Zabozlai, I maybe have pronounced that incorrectly, looks like an absolute signing for them. Salah looks good like he's back at it again he, he I mean he's not peak Salah again I think age has kind of caught up with him but he's definitely looking he's still he's a world-class very very good player right he's a brilliant brilliant player you got somebody like Virgil van Dijk who looks like he's on his way back again on an upward trajectory after that you know sort of horror injury he suffered you got Allison, who I think is honestly the best goalkeeper of all time I really I I you know I've grown up Watching Oliver Kahn, Peter Schmeichel, Manuel Neuer, Ika Casillas, all incredible goalkeepers. I honestly think Alison Pekka is the best goalkeeper I've ever seen in my life. And, you know, maybe it's going early. Let's see how, how long it lasts for, but I think he's unbelievable. Anyway, to the point, Liverpool have an incredible team. Liverpool are in incredible form right now. Whatever way Tottenham got those three points today... We got three points against Liverpool. Another one of these games that was a big test for Tottenham. Can this young Ange Postacoglu team get through this test? We've gone to the Emirates away, gotten through that test. Dominated at the Emirates. And they are rattled this week. They are rattled. Some of the nonsense I've seen all week long from Arsenal about that. Oh, it doesn't really matter. Arsenal didn't play well. That Spurs playing at their absolute peak. Blah, 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 blah. Lads, just face the fact you thought you were going to batter us and you didn't. And that, you know, you didn't. Another team that didn't do it. Manchester United. We were told that that was going to be the big turn. And it probably is. I mean, again, look at how awful Manchester United have been for the rest of the season for a bit of additional context. But is that our problem? No. Regardless of how good or bad they are, it's Manchester United. They showed up. We were told it was a test. We were told this young team can't go out and play this expansive football that Ange Postacoglu is blah, 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 hallmarked in all these different jobs he's been at. He can't surely do that. But we did beat them. We've beaten pretty much everybody else in our way. Brentford, yeah, sure we haven't done. Sheffield United, maybe a bit rusty after the international break. Still got it done in the end though, didn't we? Emirates away, we're naive, we're going to get mutilated, whatever it was. Paul Merson said, where are you now, Merson? Where are you now, mate? Like, 
And this is going to keep happening, isn't it? This is going to keep happening all season long. People are going to keep saying, Tottenham aren't up to this. Tottenham aren't in a... You know, the talk this week is, are oh, Tottenham in a title race? No. You've got that smug Jason Cundy going on about it on TalkSport. And of course, that's what he's there to do. I completely understand what TalkSport's all about. I get it. I totally get it. But at the same time, you know, it all adds to this narrative. It all adds to this idea that Tottenham aren't up to it. Tottenham are all sooner or later will become Tottenham again. Blah, blah, blah. All that type of thing. And I think people need to realise, people need to wake up to the fact that, as I did very soon after my scepticism about the bloke, after my fears going into this season that we were starting with a load of young players, that we are the real deal. That Ange Postacoglu is a proper manager. That wasn't a vintage. That wasn't a vintage display from us today. But at the same time, we got the job done. We're always told. We're always told when it's somebody else, aren't we? We're always told that oh, it's a sign of a it's a sign of a great team. It's a sign of a great team that even if they win late, even if it's difficult circumstances, if they just get those three points, we've done it again. We've done it again. But the thing is, as I said last week, and as I will continue to say, whether people do take us seriously or not, I don't care. Because I take us seriously. I am enjoying watching this Tottenham team. I'm enjoying the way we knocked the ball about. There was that beautiful little move in the first half between like Basuma and Saar, where I think Basuma like evaded a couple of challenges in the midfield knocked the ball through to Saar and it's Saar knocked it forward uh, I think to Richarlison who he didn't quite make something happen that time but there were plenty of times when Basuma was just completely dominating that midfield and like I was saying Sabozlai he's look he's had a great season so far he was good today but Basuma had him in his back pocket for the most part Basuma had him in his back pocket and you know, I continue to say that Yves Basuma is one of the most important, if not the most important player in our team. Him and Madison may be equally so because they do different things, but I still think if I had to choose between one of them, it's still Basuma. Basuma is the platform on which everything that we do is built. He inspires, like, he breathes confidence and in, in into that defence, who were largely brilliant today. They switched off a bit, right? I think we switched off a bit for Liverpool's goal. These things happen. You know, it's a young team. It's Liverpool as well, who are one of the most ferocious attacking sides in world football. We switched off a bit then, but for the most part, they were absolutely impeccable again. Some brilliant sliding challenges from Romero, some brilliant sliding challenges from Van der Ven. Destiny, a doggy. There was a beautiful track back and tackle on Mo Salah. Um, I think it was in the second half. There's just so much to be excited about with this Tottenham team. And it sounds ridiculous and it sounds like almost like one of these proper football manisms. But I think I, I'm pretty certain it's true. In that when you even look at things like you look in the tunnel, right? 
you look at how focused and relaxed and just kind of on it our team looks now. It doesn't feel performative. It doesn't feel like they're kind of revving themselves up like with this kind of like, we have to do something today. We have to beat Liverpool. It looked like our lads in that tunnel at the start of the game were just like, we're here. This is our ground. This is our stadium. You're coming to us. You should be fearful of us. We haven't lost a game this season. We're absolutely flying. We're Ange Postacoglu's plucky lily whites. You should, you should be scared of playing against us. And the lads just completely carry themselves in that way. It doesn't feel like that same kind of Tottenham team of the past few years, desperate to win something, desperate to cling on to a lead. Every time we go ahead, ah, we got to hold on to this now. None of that. And it's just, it's, it's a sight to see again. And I do reiterate, for anybody that wants to naysay, for anybody that wants to say, oh, you got lucky with this decision, or you got, I don't care. There is not a single part of me, a shred, nothing that cares about anything anybody has to say about that game, about... Liverpool's definitely onside goal that should have counted. About two legitimate red cards that people are going to want to argue the toss over. That definitely should have counted. The referee nailed it. They're red cards. That's what they are. They hate giving them out in these big games. They hate doing it. Especially when it's for fairly uncontentious issue, should we say? I mean, that's probably not the best way to put it after the that one. But, you know, they like to keep the cards in the pockets, I find, in these type of games. And for him to just whip them out, show them to Liverpool, off your pop, just, I couldn't, I cannot get enough of it. I cannot get enough of it. Because... They didn't care. They didn't care when Musa Sissoko's armpit was a penalty after 25 seconds in a Champions League final. They didn't care that that was maybe going to be the only time that Spurs ever make it there. They didn't care that it completely killed that game as a spectacle. They didn't care about sitting back and not really playing after that. They didn't care. So why should we? Why should we care about really about three points in the Premier League over them? What is this bizarre sense of pride that should mean that anybody should care about what rival fans think? Celebrate it. Enjoy it. Rub it in their faces like they do to us and they have done for years. And I hope we do it at Anfield as well. I hope we get just as despicable <laughs> a reception after this game as they have deserved at ours because you know I, I, like I say I don't know how many times I can say it but I don't care I don't care about what anybody who is not a Spurs fan or who is even a Spurs fan that is one of those weird kind of fans that wants to beg 
likes, usually a Twitter blue user who knows they can monetize likes and that. They want to beg likes from rival fans, from the big fan bases, from Man United, Arsenal, Liverpool. You want to do that, you crack on. But we all know, anybody knows, Tottenham deserve that. Liverpool have had that coming. Liverpool have had that coming for years. We've finally given it to them. How fitting, how fitting, a spectacularly ridiculous own goal from one of their own. And it's just, you know, who knows what the limit is for this Tottenham team, you know? Manchester City are lost today. Could we? Could we? I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know if today is the day to really dive into that. But those are some tough games. Those are some historically tough games that we have come through now. Even on a ridiculous level. Burnley away. We've won. I think we're. I think there's one of these things where I think that we always say, "Oh, we never get a result at Burnley away," and I think there's actually something where we always beat them. Uh, whatever. I don't know. I don't care. Um, but that is a, a horrible. Really, that's a tough period of fixtures we've come through to start the season, having already in the first few games played Manchester United, Arsenal, and Liverpool, which is generally. Nil point. Zero points for Tottenham Hotspur. We have seven points out of that. Next game, Luton Town. Away. Fulham at home. Palace away. Chelsea at home. Wolves away. Villa at home. You know, we're talking about getting to December when we got our next big... And I've not taken any of this for granted. I'm not... All of these teams are good. I'm talking big tests. Big, horrible, ugly tests. Manchester City away is in December. You know, I know we have another international break coming up, which is always good fun. Everybody loves that. But October, November, they are favourable, at least, fixtures. And that's not to say things can go wrong. Things can't go wrong. That's, That's what I should say, isn't it? It's not to say that things can't go wrong, but if you're not starting to believe in this now, even with all this, our whispers, you know what happens. You you aren't real Spurs if you don't know what's going to happen and all this type of stuff. Surely even you now, surely even you are starting to wise up to the fact that Ange Postacoglu has this team playing... Not only different football, but with just a different mindset, a different mentality. We were always told that he was the guy that got the underdogs going, you know? He got the underdogs playing in a way that was far and above and beyond what anybody expected of them. Maybe even what they expected of themselves. And that falls down a little bit, you know, for the past few years because he's been managing at Celtic. And I get that. But the guy is clearly unbelievable. 
And I don't know if this is, you know, there was some talk lately, people saying, because De Zerbi's been linked with Real Madrid now, with Carlo Ancelotti on his way out. Some people have been seeing it on Twitter, at least, a bit of conversation. Do you reckon Madrid would go for Postacoglu? I mean, they should, but maybe he's not sexy enough. Maybe he's not Galactico enough. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe Tottenham is his landing zone. Maybe this is it. Maybe this is where he does his masterwork. Maybe it's all been building to this point. It's all been building to this point for Ange Postacoglu. And it's all been building to this point for Tottenham Hotspur. Fuck it. Let's chuck another one in. It's all been building to this point for Son Heung-min as well. The guy who has always had our pack. The guy who has always believed in us. I love you, Harry, but you haven't been able to wait to get out of here. Sonny, when he could have gone to a Liverpool, he probably could have gone to a Real Madrid. A few years back, decided to stay on, sign a new contract at Tottenham after we stood by him with his military service. He's been on record saying that. He loves this club. When he got offered probably an untold fortune to play in Saudi Arabia this summer. He turned it down because he doesn't want to because this is his club and he wants to do something with Tottenham. Is this it? Is this this moment? And whatever. You clip this up at the end of the year if anybody wants to and mug me off and when if Spurs finish eighth or something. I don't care because we have to be a part of this journey. We have to be. We have to be on there with Ange Postacoglu, with what he's the the ride he's taking these players on. That he's telling them that, that, that they can beat anybody. Clearly, that they can go toe to toe with anybody. That things are only going to be different if you make changes. And if you start to change things, if you start to challenge things, you start to challenge the mentality, the perception of the club. And that's what they're doing. And they're meeting it head on. You've got Van der Ven saying it. You've got James Madison saying it. Spursy, people looking down their noses at us. People talking about us. Ange Postacoglu loves all this stuff. And even when I was sceptical of him, I was saying this, I was saying this, look, these, when I was looking for positives myself, when I thought, you know, whatever, I'm not that on board with this, but at least I know from what I've heard, he loves an underdog. Rossellona, that people say are still the greatest, I think it's A-League, isn't it, Australia, the A-League, the greatest they've ever seen. And that's him. Another underdog side, you know? Is it the Mariners? I think the Mariners in, in Yokama Mariners, I think. Again, I've, I've probably killed who it is like I did before when I said they were <laughs> Adelaide or Bris- it's Brisbane Raw. But I think I said Adelaide Raw before or something. And I had uh, had Aussie Spurs fan who, sorry if you're listening, be like, uh, what, mate, that's like calling us like Arsenal Hotspur or something. So I do apologise for that. Um, my ball knowledge is dusty. There you go. Um, But we've all got to be on this journey. Let's get sincere again. Let's get back to that sincere place. Ange Postacoglu wants Tottenham 
to believe. He wants the fans to believe. He wants the players to believe. He wants the club to believe in him. He's clearly sold them a vision. He said to them, he said, didn't he, the other day, oh, I know I was probably last in the queue for this job. But I spoke to the chairman. I told him what my principles were. And I told him that those principles weren't going to change. He sold it to Levy. You know, the easy decision would have been to. And, you know, I hold my hands up in it. I was I was brewing at the time. But the easy decision would have been to bring back Pochettino. It would have been. But they didn't do that. They looked for somebody else. They listened to somebody like Ange Postacoglu, despite what the media, the scepticism of certain elements of the fan base, what anybody might say, he's an Aussie, he's come from Celtic, it's easy at Celtic, all this type of stuff. You see why there is so much pride amongst Aussies, especially obviously football supporting Aussies for this guy, because this guy is, he's just clearly the real deal. He's like, it's like the fucking Aussie, he's like the Aussie Pep. He's like the Aussie Klopp. He just is. He's, he's clearly, he oozes class. He's unbelievable. To have a turnaround in this team as quickly as this to galvanise some of the older heads, some of the core of this that have been there before and to seamlessly bring in new faces, to have them make as big an impact as they are. I'm going to count Eve Basuma in that. He is a new face. Look at the way, look at the way he was treated last year if we want to talk about what a proper manager does. The way Eve Basuma has come in from being an exciting signing for Tottenham that's suddenly a club signing. No good for us. Ange gets his hands on him straight away and he looks like one of the best players in the Premier League. Looks like that player that we signed from Brighton who, play our cards right, he could be brilliant. He could be our Angolo Kante. You know? He could be our Declan Rice, that player that we've needed. And he's exactly that. James Madison, I think, you know, we all knew was going to be a good player. I mean, I, I, again, I say that I did think he was a bit of a match of the day player when we signed him. But I think most people knew James Madison was going to be good for a few assists, good for a few goals. I honestly think he's, we're talking about the incredible start to the season he's had. Everyone's talking about the value for money, even though, you know, Postacoglu did have a laugh about that. In what world is 40 million cheap or whatever? And I kind of get his point in a life sense, but in a football sense, you know, he's, he's maybe been a bit churlish, but I'm not, I'm not here to criticise Ange. Whatever he says is spot on right now. And to be fair, he does tell it like it is. So for him to get his hands on even James Madison, who is a bit of a rough diamond, or was, shall we say, and to have him playing at the level that he is now, literally one of the best players in the Premier League, at least by eye test, is phenomenal. The fact he's Sonny, who looked like he was just on his, you know, on his last legs last year. Not on his last legs, but I thought on his last legs as a top player, as one of our main men, that he may be becoming the guy that we bring off the bench to make an impact. Man, what a player. I mean, some of the goals he's been scoring this year, 
He's got, he's got to play the out-and-out striker's role. He has to play that role. And I, I know there's, gonna, there's some deliberation over the types of game he plays in and that kind of a thing. But the lad scores goals. <laughs> the lad gets on the end of it. He causes problems for attackers. And he, importantly, looks like he is up for it. He loves being the captain. He loves being the focal point of the team. He is, he is a superstar. He is a superstar. He's unbelievable. And that's always the kind of thing, you know, that's always the sort of thing that Harry Kane had going against him. I do think the perception's changed since he's literally become a hundred million pound player and gone to Bayern Munich, one of the biggest clubs in the world. I do think Kane suddenly has that star value that he's probably craved, that gloss. And I think, you know, unfairly, when he was at Tottenham, he never really had that star gloss. He was still always Tottenham's boy. Even when he scored breaking record after record after record, he was still always kind of Tottenham's boy. He was always a bit derided. But Sonny, Sonny's always had that star value. Sonny's always had that star factor. You know? He's one of the highest profile Asian players of all time. He's, you know, you would say he's South Korea's greatest ever player. Um... So he's, uh, I mean, and Harry, you know, Harry Kane is one of England's greatest ever players. I do get this. But my point is that I guess Sonny is just, this is, it's a lame way of putting it, but he's cooler, isn't he? Like he just is. He's more fashionable. He's kind of more personable. And I get it. That's not, you shouldn't really criticize Harry Kane for that. He's just a different type of bloke, right? But Sonny is that star. He is that star. And he is stepping up and leading our team now. He's the main man of this team. And he's taking it on with, you know, you couldn't ask him to do much more. Look, I'm getting into I'm getting into too much of the discussion about the players now. I'm going to do the players. But I do just want to say one last time. Finally, we've got one over them. We've, and it feels just beautiful. Because this has been the most miserable fixture I've come away from games like this I still was even in the preview which you can listen to on Patreon patreon.com slash RTR pod preview every single game I'll do more plugs at the end um, even in the preview when I was talking about the Diogo Jota winner it was still making me feel sick that game from Anfield there's countless games against this lot in the past few years They've just I've come away from feeling like this ball of just rage and disgust and just so dejected and demoralized that now <laughs> we've got three points against Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp's head is going to explode. Ah ha you tell me ah okay Okay, oh wow. Well, you're paid. You're paid to talk about football, yeah? I mean, you tell me. Is that a penalty? You're asking me because you want me to trip up on my words. You want to ask me because you want these. I understand how this works. You want the headline. But you tell You tell me. You tell me. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, great game. Great game. Huh? Yeah. It's fucking big teeth and it's stupid hat. Ah, <laughs> we got one over them at last. 
<laughs> in such clownish fashion as well. A stupid, ridiculous own goal. And I say, probably not for the final time, but I say once again, I don't care. Let's do the players. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. So... Vicario, I mean, just what a keeper. Week by week, I eat my words more and more. Um, This lad is a sensation. He's an unbelievable goalkeeper. Absolutely unbelievable. Looked nervous in pre-season, looked nervous in the Brentford game a bit. I thought uh, my take at the time was, I think Fraser Forster is going to come back in and uh, Vicario will be slowly edged in bit by bit. Um, Yeah, how's that working out, mate? Uh, Vicario is sensational. Um, We had those, I think it was Sabozlai and then the follow-up from Andy Robertson. That double save from him, look, you can say they were both at him, whatever. He got up, he got in the way of the ball, he made the saves. He kept the ball out of the net. I honestly don't think he could have done much about um, about Gakpo's goal. I think it was, you know, point blank, good shot. You know, fine. But for the most part, it's, it's mad after years of having Lloris, again, who... Did the best he could with his frame, with what he'd been given, but was small for a goalkeeper. I mean, I think he's, I think Lloris is 5'11", 6 foot. Same sort of height as I am, you know? I, I think in day-to-day life, I'm not a tallest bloke, but I'm not short, you know? But for a goalkeeper, Lloris, you know, some of these fellas are monsters nowadays. I think Vicario's 6'4", 6'5". Big bloke, long arms, he's nimble, he's, you know, he's athletic, he's got agility, he's handling, he's handling the way he can claim aerial balls. That is honestly not something we've had. To be fair, Fraser Forster, that was one of the main things I noticed when Fraser Forster came in, was having a big bloke in goal that could pluck balls out the air. But now having that with Vicario, with everything else, the way he can get down quickly, get up again quickly, make a double save like he did today. He can pull off those incredible reflex saves like Lloris can. 
You know, he people said he was one of the best goalkeepers in Syria for the past two years, or at least last year anyway. And a lot of people saying it was a data-led signing from Tottenham. Whatever he was, he's a fantastic piece of business. And thus far, he's honestly been one of the best goalkeepers I've ever seen at Tottenham. He's unbelievable. And he is fully coys. He is fully coys again. Not again, just now he is. He loves it. And again, he has that mentality. You can see he has that mindset of, don't care if I'm young. Don't care if people are going to doubt me or whatever. I'm here to win. Oh God, it's so exciting. It's so exciting. Destiny a doggy, brilliant all game. A weird yellow card, <laughs> a perfect tackle, a brilliant recovery challenge. Yellow card, no idea why. Pathetic. Um, brilliant all game. Had Salah in his pocket for a lot of it. Um, sorry. He uh, had Salah in his pocket for most of it. And I've gone on and on and on about Destiny of Doggy um, on this podcast time and time again. But he is an unbelievable young player. What a sensation. I can't even remember what we got him for. 24, 25 mil, something like that. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Because just honestly, Tottenham, please give him a new contract. Give him a new contract ASAP. Time down till, you know, 2030. Give him however much a week because the, the kid is incredible. Unbelievable. Brilliant player. Brilliant game. <sighs> yeah. Andrew's talking about him today. Just saying, oh yeah, you know, I, I, I was excited when we... Uh, I think Well, no, not today. He was talking about him... In his press conference, wasn't he saying, you know, we were excited when we heard that Spurs had signed a doggy because he was somebody that I'd looked at a few times. He's a great player. He's been, you know, playing in the men's game in Italy since he was a kid. He's been raring to go from the second I got in. And yeah, he's, he's done it. He's a sensational player, both defensively and offensively. And you can't argue with it. He's incredible. You know, again, there was some, I, th I mean, I think we need to just stop paying attention to these things. But there was one of those combined 11s doing the rounds again. And people are saying Robertson ahead of a doggy. Not this season. Robertson's, you know, had a great career at Liverpool. But he's definitely on the way down now. Even he is not the Andy Robertson of a few years ago. You, but again, let us continue to go under the radar. Let it continue to happen. Um... Mickey van der Ven, what a player. I haven't, you know, since I said a few weeks ago, I said, oh, he's commanding in the air, he's great. And then I've seen all these other people say, he actually, he's not very good in the air. I've been paying closer attention to it. I will concede, yeah, maybe he actually for a bloke of his size, he's actually not. And it reminds me of, funnily enough, it reminds me of Peter Crouch. And he was just talking about that on his pod with Ledley King this week. Fantastic listen, um, if you haven't heard that yet. Peter Crouch and Ledley King, brilliant. I got a brilliant anecdote about when they first got their professional contracts and go to H. Samuel. Um, but back to that, you know, Crouchy on there was saying that he wasn't that good with his head despite his size. And Ledley was saying the same of, of himself. 
Um, or I think at least Ledley was saying that he wasn't that good with his head when he was coming through as a, as a younger player. And it was something he worked on a lot. And I do think now that it's kind of been pointed out and I've paid more attention to it. Yeah, I think like Van der Ven maybe isn't that great in here. He isn't as commanding as he could be for a massive guy who is, you know, very tall, very strong, very athletic. But he's 22 years old. Sure, he'll have things to improve upon, but you know, let's we don't need to set that in stone. There's so much of this at the moment as well. Spurs fans nitpicking about particular players, especially the younger players, about what they're not doing well. Fine, but also let's focus on what they are doing well. Let's focus on where we are in the league. Let's focus on the type of teams we're beating, right? Or at least, you know, playing extremely well against. Before we start looking for things that are wrong with this team. And Mickey van der Ven has got, does plenty right, doesn't he? You know, there was that moment when I believe it was Gakpo breaking through again before he went off. And van der Ven just sprinted back. Caught up to him. Nicked the ball off of him. And I think Neville even said, through probably gritted teeth, yeah, well, that's what that top, this Tottenham team can do. That's what Van der Ven can do. Um, and it is, you know, what he can do. He's so elegant. I called him a Rolls Royce last week and I really mean it. He just glides around the pitch. He did, wanna, he did a brilliant lung-busting run as well today, an offensive one. Carried the ball forwards nicely. Unfortunately, it didn't come to anything. Um, but still, it's good to see that's where his mind's at. Um, I know that makes some people very uncomfortable when, when players do that, but I quite like it. You know, if the space there to move into, put pressure on the on the other team. Just do it where you can. Be adventurous. I'm sure that's what Postacoglu's having them do. Um, a pretty impeccable performance today. Um, I mean, I couldn't I couldn't really honestly tell you. Like, it, it was all a bit of a blur and I was all just a bit wound up watching it. Who was particularly in the wrong for Liverpool's goal. Um, but, look, I think other than potentially that, Van der Ven was, you know, unbelievable. He's kept Liverpool quiet. Liverpool, who score for fun most of the time. Christian Romero, like, he just continues to get better, doesn't he? All the Romero slander, all the doubts I had about him, all the sell him in summer, we can get some decent money for him. What a mug he's making me look like. And again, fine. I'm happy to have a wrong opinion. It doesn't hurt to have a wrong opinion, especially when it means... Tottenham are doing something right. When Tottenham are doing something well, take that. I'll take as many wrong opinions as I can get if they've been wrong opinions about Tottenham or Tottenham players. To be fair, I've always said Romero has a lot of ability. Romero has a lot of talent. I've just doubted his temperament and I've doubted his, you know, commitment to Tottenham and everything. But as we've since learned, you know, he just basically didn't get on with Antonio Conte. I didn't get on with Antonio Conte and I didn't even meet the bloke. Um, so, but he's fully back in it. He's fully one of the vice captains. Now he has a proper centre-back partner alongside him. Now he just has a proper settled defence around him. 
we're seeing the best of him and he looks like a real leader. He looks like Argentina's Romero. He looks like that World Cup final Romero that did his best to keep Kylian Mbappe quiet. But, you know, can you hold that against him, really? Um, great performance today, I thought. Brilliant season so far. He's got his temperament. He's channeling that energy so much more constructively. And that's all that we wanted from him. And he's doing it. Pedro Porro gets better week by week. I was told by Adam Nathan. Hello, mate, if you are listening. I was told that I'm probably a bit too harsh, a bit too nitpicky on Pedro Porro. My point has always been to this point that I just think maybe, you know, looking at this system that he's not best suited to it. But, you know, again, like I was saying of other players there, well, he's obviously playing a major part in the success of this system and of this team so far. So maybe he is well suited to it because today I thought he was absolutely brilliant. I thought he was honestly, I actually think he was one of our best players today, Pedro Porro. Um, you know, he I, he doesn't really like one-on-ones when he's facing them as a defender. Um, there was a moment earlier on in the game, wasn't there? I think it was against Luis Diaz when Romero had to bail him out a bit, but Luis Diaz was giving Basuma a hard time as well, I think, in that same passage of play. Romero ended up going in and, and, you know, clearing out. But, you know, other than that, I think Pedro Porro is great. He was great today, fantastic, an asset to the team. Um, Yeah, brilliant. Eve Basuma, I have said this already today. I say this pretty much every single time I do one of these podcasts now, is probably our most important player. Antonio Conte deserves a criminal record for the way he treated him. What an absolutely astonishing footballer. The press resistance, his dribbling, the way he breaks the lines, either dribbling or through passing, his reading of the game, all of it. He just has everything. He is a complete midfielder. He's everything that we've needed for years. And he's just showing it now. He's just sensational. I just, I, I honestly run out of words for him because he is that good. You know, it's, it's like we have our Dembele and Wanyama wrapped into one. Wanyama was always, I think he was always, in my opinion, technically, uh, not technically, but like his, the way he played the ball about was always a bit better than Dembele. Dembele was brilliant on the ball. His press resistance, his strength on the ball, his dribbling was brilliant. His passing was often awry. His shooting was never that good. That's generally what Victor Wanyama had. Victor Wanyama was always the player that was characterised, usually, let's be honest, because of racism, as being this battering ram, this destroyer in our midfield. But he wasn't. Victor Wanyama was deft of touch. He was fantastic on the ball. He had a beautiful eye for a pass. He had need speaking of Liverpool, need we remember Victor Wanyama's like ability to shoot. Um and I think Basuma has elements of both of those midfielders. And we haven't had anyone of their quality since they went. And he is he's up there now. He's he's just he's he's unbelievable. 
He's a special player. Um, Sabozlai is a great signing. Great, brilliant player. But like I say, I think he was in Pesuma's back pocket for large parts of the game. Alexis McAllister, I forgot, was even playing. You know? Um, Pape Matassar, I, th- I think, was very good again today. I'm sorry to say. I'm sorry. I don't know why this is a controversial opinion. Um, but I, I continue to be impressed with him. He's a young player. What is he, 20 years old? 21 years old? To have as much composure as he has, to kind of stroke the ball about in the way that he does, I think he's fantastic. And again, it's that that's that eye for a progressive pass that he has that is sensational. He played a few, I think I've counted two or three lovely threaded through balls today. I'm a real big fan of his. I'm a real big fan of his. Um, and again, you know, even if you, if you, even if you're not his biggest fan for whatever reason, why, quite why, you know, you can't get on board with a, an exciting young player being given a chance and seizing it with both hands and playing his heart out in a Tottenham shirt. Um, if you can't get on board with that, just appreciate the fact that Ange Postacoglu clearly sees a lot in him and wants to continue playing him, wants to continue to develop him and sees him as an integral part of this team. Trusts him to be an integral part of this team. You know, kid's unbelievable. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, so yeah, give it a rest. Richarlison... Yep, great, uh, great assist for the goal. Um, it's tricky with him, isn't it? It's tricky with him. He's clearly struggling. Uh, I don't, I don't really want to lay into the lad. Um, I just wasn't, I wasn't that impressed with him. Um, it was a shame to see Sonny go off. I'm assuming. Sonny wasn't 100% before he went into this game. So we took him off early. Um, because Richarlison didn't really offer anything at all up top. And I get it. Liverpool was very congested. Very compact area. Um, he did manage to get one header, to be fair to him, on target. Um, Rose above Canate, which probably is no mean feat. Um, but for the most of the game, uh, you know, whatever. I just, I, I wasn't that impressed. James Madison, he's, he, you know, he's he's a brilliant, brilliant player. Everything, you know, in that final third around the box. He's just the puppet master, isn't he? He pulls those strings. He just knows where everybody is around him. His eye for a pass, his ability to play those passes... His speed, Jamie Carragher was coming out with some nonsense. He wrote some article before this match that James Madison is a he's a throwback player, I think he said. He's like a 70s player. He does the best with what he can do. But, you know, there's a reason why, you know, Liverpool haven't signed him or Man City haven't signed him because he's not a modern footballer. He can't press. Blah, blah, blah. What? What player have you been watching all season, lad? Like... James Madison's been fantastic in the press for us. 
It's fantastic in the press today. Nicking the ball off of opposition, like away from opposition players, playing the ball immediately after he's done that. He's like the fucking pressure valve in this fucking team. He just keeps twisting it and like building it. I mean, pressure valve would be releasing it. He's tightening it up. He's tightening up the pressure on the opposition. That's what he is. They go both ways, pressure valves, all right? Um, brilliant player, brilliant performance today. Uh, I'm guessing, again, he got taken off because, you know, he was maybe starting to look a bit tired. We were thinking ahead. I think Andrews may be starting to consider maybe 1-1 against Liverpool isn't the end of the world, even though they did only have nine men. But I can't see Ange Postacoglu really thinking that at any point. Um, and it, yeah, it was interesting to see Valiz come on as well, wasn't it? We'll talk about that in a second. Dejan Kulisevsky, good industrious performance today, continues to work hard. It would be nice to see him. He was, you know, he, he, he started to form that nice little habit a few weeks ago of realising that opposition players know he's going to cut inside and use his left foot. So surprise him with the right foot. He seemed to shy away from that a bit today uh, against Liverpool. Maybe it's because it's a high-profile game. Maybe it's because he just wants to make ensure that any premium, you know, chances he gets are going to be at a premium and to capitalise on those as best he can, which would be using his wand of a left foot. I can understand that, but still, you know, it was nice to see him giving opposition players a bit more to think about because, dare I say, a little bit at times today, he fell into that tad predictable bracket. Um, but he still worked incredibly hard for the team. He put in a shift um, and I think he did cause Liverpool problems. You know, he, it's, I don't think it's ever a comfortable game against Dejan Kulisevsky. Um, but I would just like to see him be, again, a bit more adventurous and make the opposition players think a little bit more. But it, it, it's... I suppose it is a criticism, but it's not me slating the lad. I think he's I think he's a fantastic player. I think he's a brilliant part of this team. Um there was some talk on the on the, I think it was the view from the Lane podcast this week when they were debating whether or not Kulisevsky could fill in for Madison if we were to be missing Madison at any point. If he could fill in, in that central role. And they were saying it's one of those things that sounds probably more feasible in theory and in practice might just look a bit weird and might not really work. I don't know about that. I still kind of feel like it could work. Um, but let's hope that we don't have to try. Let's hope that James Madison is available for all games this season because it's Premier League and FA Cup and that's that for Tottenham this year. So to make the most of it, Hummin Son, what a finish, what a player saying at the very top of this you know one of our best players he stepped up he loves the club he really loves being a leader as as andrew saying even before he was given the captain's armband andrew saying felt you know the lad was basically the captain he was there for everybody on and off the pitch you know i think we've all known that about sonny everybody mickey van der ven said that when he was talking to hainsey if you haven't watched that watch hainsey yeah, ben Haynes, Hainsey, um, giving him a, a lift home from training. Great video. One of the best pieces of long-form content I've ever seen come out of a club. Um, it was like a podcast. 
it allowed uh, me to get a better idea of who Van der Ven is as a person. Not one of these kind of snappy interviews where they just ask stock generic questions all the time to players. They weren't doing that with Van der Ven. They were just having a good chat. Um, and he was saying in that anyway, to my point, when asked, you know, who's been one of the biggest influences, who's been one of the guys that's helped you settle in the most, Sonny, he says without hesitation. He's a great human being and he's a great footballer. Time and time and time again, he is there to score some outrageous finishes. Nobody's even talking about that first, I mean, the second finish call under pressure against Arsenal. That first finish, the first goal he scored at the Emirates was absolutely unbelievable. And it, it astounds me that more focus, more kind of noise hasn't been made about that. Because it was an unbelievable finish. From a tight angle, the technique in order to pull that off was astonishing. Great. Um, and again, a great finish today. A constant menace for them. Causing problems all the time. You know, I think he's... Uh, is he the second? Maybe not now. Watkins got a hat-trick. Let's have a look. Let's have a quick look who Premier League top scorers are. Premier League top scorers. Do, do, do. Don't want a FIFA 24 advert. Oh, not FIFA 24. EA 24. No, he's not. Um, maybe Ollie Watkins got one. I guess he got one in a cup competition. Did he? Oh, um, oh it might have been in Europe. Uh, but yeah, Sonny. Six goals in the Premier League. Second highest scorer this season. Charlotte was saying, and I think I agree. He's maybe looking even better than he did in his golden boot season. I mean, this return so far is ridiculous. Let's see where Sonny gets to. Um, let's see where he gets to this year. Haaland's there. Always. Man City are always there. But this Tottenham team are made of something different. Um, we'll talk about Man of Solomon because I think he was kind of one of the players that came on for the most part. He's still, you know, he's still a player. I think he's he's a bit of a nuisance, but... He still sometimes doesn't always use the ball that effectively. Um, but I, I think Manuel Sullivan, for me, is still one of those players that falls into net good territory. I still think he does enough for me to consider him, and I'm sure he'll be pleased to hear that, um, does enough for me to consider him like a net good for the team. Because uh, I think he is a handful, and I dare say against some... Um, Hopefully, easier opposition that we may or may not be facing in the coming couple of months. We might see him get one of his kind of trademark goals and make more of a make more of an impact on the game um, than he maybe has done so far. But yeah, he he, tr he tried his best today. Uh, Skippy, Hoybier, Ben Davis. Look, is there a lot to say about them that we don't already know? I think they were all pretty solid when they came on. They all did a job. Look, Spurs, despite the fact that... And it's true, you know, Liverpool with nine men, I was still thinking they might nick one here and it would be so Liverpool. This would, be, this would just confirm it as the cursed fixture. If Liverpool, even from this point, nine men can come and nick a goal. But they didn't do... And you have to say that's probably down to these lads doing their job as well. They were brought in at a pretty crunch time. They allowed us some solidity and we continue to attack. We continue to launch wave after wave of attack. So fair play to Skip, Davis and Hoybier. 
who I all think were solid. Um, it was really interesting to see Velez come on. It really, really was. I was, I was really surprised. I actually had a feeling, a sneaking suspicion that we were going to see Donnelly before we saw Velez. Um, I kind of felt like he might have brought him on today. And when Madison was coming off, I was, I was looking to see immediately if it was Donnelly that he was bringing on. But maybe a bit too soon for him. I guess Velez has played in. You know, men's football games, he's played in the Argentinian um, top division, which if anybody thinks that's a laugh, if anybody thinks that's not an intimidating situation, there does seem to be this weird kind of idea. Oh, will uh, will that Carlos Kickerball from South America be able to handle playing Stoke City away in, in England? Hasn't watched that much South American football. Um so yeah, Veliz, uh, but I was excited. I was intri- I was intrigued to see him come on, and I do wonder if that means we're going to be seeing more of him in the coming weeks again, because it felt like Veliz was somebody that we probably weren't going to be seeing this season, maybe, or maybe in the FA Cup at least. But to see him come on against Liverpool at the end like that—that that was a surprise to me. But you know what? I think that is just about enough because. We have taken three points against Liverpool. A classically cursed fixture for Tottenham Hotspur. I don't care about the manner in which we've done it. We've done it. And we continue to climb up the table. We continue to keep pace with those at the top of the table. And right now, who wants to write off Tottenham Hotspur? Who wants to write off this unquantifiable, magical, beautiful team right now? With this manager who just seems to know exactly what he's doing with a group of young players who don't seem to fear anybody with, you know, experienced stalwarts in there who are, I mean, that's mostly it's mostly just Sonny, isn't it? Let's be real. But still, an experienced player like Sonny in there. Even players like Ben, Den- ben Davis, who's happy to do a job, whatever, that are there to play their part who knows? Who knows? This is a it's a very special moment right now for Tottenham Hotspur. It's very exciting. Um, who knows what we can do? Who knows what we can do this season? Let let's just let's just continue to enjoy game by game the momentum that is continuing to build. The way we are playing the results we're getting seeing new faces blooded almost weekly um it's it's an exciting exciting time thanks for listening if you have enjoyed the pod like i say i do have a patreon now patreon.com slash rtr pod um you can follow it on there if you don't you know if you if you're not in a position to do that that's fine i totally understand that you do enjoy the pod i do just ask once again would appreciate right if you can just share the pod share it on twitter please share it on reddit or wherever else you know i put clips out on tiktok put clips out on instagram um and on youtube as well i do stream these now on youtube as well straight after the game so if you cannot wait an hour for me to record it you can watch it live and you can watch me fuck up at time. I haven't fucked up yet. I haven't done yet. So, you know, who knows? Um, 
But yeah, please do share it. Do share it because do you know what, right? There was a poll this week. There was a poll this week that went around asking what is the best Tottenham podcast, right? Number one, the extra inch with about 26% of the vote. Number two, the fighting cock with about 25% of the vote. Awkward. I think it was even, I think they both got more than that. I think they both got about like 38 and 36, whatever. They both got those two neck and neck pretty much. But uh, yeah, the apprentice usurps the master on this occasion. Then there's last word on Spurs with about 10% of the vote. Then in last place is rule the roost with about 3% of the vote for the best Tottenham podcast. Right? So let's get those numbers up. But also, you know what? That means, right? Ladies, gents, folks, whoever's listening to this, you're part of a cult classic, right? And I quite, I secretly, my ego, right, quite likes that, you know? As I've said before, when, uh, when the BBC were cancelling Stuart Lee's comedy vehicle, right? Mrs. Brown's boys was just being voted the best thing on television by the general public. So I say no more, but thank you very much for listening, everybody. I hope you have enjoyed it. Come on, you Spurs. Up the Spurs. Have that Liverpool. Have that Klopp. (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.